Tripping head to toe, never doubt the zone. Make you eat the crack and laughing in your face, laughing to the face. Hello and welcome back to the Hard to Handle Sports Podcast. My name is Ismael San Juan. Thank you so much for being here. Another week of the NFL football is in the books. The Bills lose a very tough match on Monday Night Football against the Broncos. Who would have thought that the Broncos, after giving up 70, would beat the Chiefs, beat the Broncos, I mean, beat the Bills. And now they're 4-5 and five and they kind of have, they're still alive a little bit. But the Bills, the Bills are the big story. Are they done? Also in the Premier League, my Wolves, yes, my Wolves beat Tottenham. After two weekends of getting absolutely robbed, my Wolves are back, climbing up the table. Chelsea versus Man City is a great, great instant classic. 4-4, we'll touch on that. Also, the Texans might have the MVP of the league. They might already have a top five quarterback in the league. CJ Stroud brings them back against the Bengals. The 49ers are back. Brock Purdy's back. McCaffrey loses his touchdown streak. Um, They go for it at the end, which is kind of like a sign of disrespect to the Jaguars, but whatever. If you're winning 34-3, you can do whatever the fuck you want. All of that on this episode of the Hearts and Handle Sports Podcast. Let's get started. The Bills, man, the Bills fall to 5-5. Five and five. You know, one of the darlings from the media going into the season. Everyone loved Josh Allen, you know, the defense that they have, and Stephon Diggs. And, man, it, to be honest, I don't know how many tables they're going to be breaking in the postseason because... This schedule is hard, man. Five and five, and you got the Jets. The Jets, you know, they've been teetering. They haven't really been playing the best the last few weeks, but they're still a very tough team. Like, you could see the Jets potentially pulling up an upset. And then you got the Eagles, you got the Chiefs, you got the Cowboys, you got the Chargers, you got the Patriots, and you get the Dolphins to close out the season. So, like, the only wins that you could say, like, they are really going to win, Jets, Patriots. And possibly the Chargers, because the Chargers have Staley, and he's, like, that's a whole different story. They're probably not going to fire him until the end of the season. But realistically, that's just two or three wins that you could confidently say they're going to win. And maybe one of these tough matchups they win, <clears throat> that puts them at nine victories. Like, nine and eight probably doesn't get you in in the AFC. It's just that tough. But, like, what's wrong with the Bills? What's wrong with Josh Allen? Like, he keeps throwing interceptions. He just throws a lot of interceptions. Even the first one, even the first one, even though it was dropped by, uh, I want to say it was Davis, it went right through his hands. But man, like, give your wide receivers a, a little bit of a of a break, man. Like, I I know Josh Allen has the gun, he has the missile on his arm, but sometimes you can put a little touch, and <clears throat> I think yeah, Davis has to get like ninety five percent of that blame because it did hit both of his hands, and he should make that catch, but. My dude just unloaded a laser, but I mean, I don't know. I, you could give if you give zero percent uh, fault to um, Josh Allen on that one. I'm okay. It's cool. He put it he, like I said. He put it right between his heads. Davis should have caught it. He drops it. It slips between his fingers, and then the defenders in the back. All right, but like the interception to end the game, to end the game, like or to end the half, that was three points, and they ended up losing by. By what by two points so like instead of getting points you're, you're giving the ball back to denver and they get a last minute field goal before they have that ends up being the difference like all those things josh allen needs to think about like he needs to just sometimes you just got to be cool man you got to be cool like it's okay to not go for it's okay to not get points at the end of the half it's better to not get points at the half than to not get points turn the ball over and the other team gets more points 
Like that's the worst. That's the worst thing you could do. And Josh Allen be doing that pretty consistently. He he puts his defense in a tough spot. He gives the opponents chance to get points, and especially a team that is trending upwards in the Broncos. But their offense is still nothing. Like it's not a pretty sight. Like yeah, they're gonna run their their running back, try to get some yards. They have a, Russell Wilson's playing a little bit better, but even last even yesterday he struggled to get. 200 passing yards like it's not like they're just throwing it up and down the field 24 to 29 193 yards two touchdowns very tidy game by russell wilson that that improvisation he did for the touchdown to sutton that was amazing that was an amazing throw like i'll give him his props running around running around and then finding a lob throw over one defender towards the sideline to give your wide receiver enough chance enough room to attempt to toe drag swag, like that was impressive. But what I'm trying to get at is Josh Allen, you gotta understand the games. Like when they lost to the Jets week one, and when they lost in like another game, like losing this game, where you have hella turnovers, you just gotta understand who you're playing against. Like you're playing against the Jets without Rodgers, who got hurt in week one, and you just know you just gotta know that like doing the bare minimum on offense and not shooting yourself in the foot is is gonna be enough. That should be enough to win the game. The only way the other team can win or have a chance is if you turn the ball over or if you give him chances, if you give him short field, short fields, and he just doesn't get it. There's, like, a clip that was circulating with uh, Tom Brady talking to Josh Allen in, like, a podcast. I don't know which podcast it was, but he's basically telling him, like, as a quarterback, you mitigate risk. Like, you're you're the one that mitigates risk. And, yeah, it's, it's cool to go deep and like thread the needle and find these tight windows to throw the ball into. But, you know, it's also cool to just get the check down, get the yards, get the first down and keep the drive going. It's all you could. It's also cool. And he kind of stunned him, too. He's like, you remind me of my little of my little of my oldest child. He called him a child, basically. And Josh Allen, he just doesn't get it. He doesn't get it. He trusts his arm too much. He, he's ready to make the play every single time. He's ready to make the highlight play every single time. And it's going to cost the Bills. And it looks like it's already catching up to them. Like, modern-day Brett Favre, yes. But is he even going to get to Brett Favre's status? Like, probably not, dude. Brett Favre was a legend. Went to a Super Bowl, won one. Uh, I don't know, man. It, it looking, it's looking rough for the Bills. It looks like this iteration of the Bills is done. Uh, Nick Wright was on this earlier than anyone, I want to say. But, yeah, man, like, when you got Trayvon Diggs telling, uh, tweeting that <laughs> – to get his brother out of there, it's not looking good for the Bills, man. And if I had to make a projection, if the Bills are done, to answer the question, are the Bills done? Are they cooked? I think they're cooked, dude. I think they're cooked. I think even with the positive results around them, like I think it worked out in their favor that the Bengals lost, um, the Chargers lost, um, some other teams lost. The Raiders won to tighten up the division, but... You know, who, who, if you had a bet on the Raiders, the Bills, you know, you probably bet on the Bills. So a lot of teams made it interesting in the AFC, but if the Bills would have won, they would have been in a pretty decent spot. I think they would have taken the last uh, playoff spot, but now it's just treacherous road on the schedule and they're not playing good. It looks, it looks like it might be GG's, it's GG's for the Bills. Uh, but changing topics, let's talk about my Wolves. My Wolves are back up. The Mighty Wolves. Um, two controversial calls the last two weeks against uh, Newcastle and against Sheffield United. Um, you know, 
we don't want to harp on it, but you know they get a penalty. Newcastle gets a iffy penalty. They apologize to us. They tell us it's a wrong call. Sheffield United they get a penalty. The refs and whatever board apologize to the Wolves afterwards, saying it's our fault. It's our fault. And you know you just got to take it on the chin. Thank God we had been doing pretty good. You know. Thank God we had been doing pretty good, so we're not in relegation really anymore. So, you know, we could just take it on the chain, keep keep pushing. But we did have Tottenham coming into, into our stadium, and, you know, they had some injuries, they had some red cards, and this was the opportunity for the Wolves to take some points off. The league leaders just, what, like seven days ago, eight days ago, the Tottenham was league leaders, and two goals in stoppage time, Gets the Wolves a victory. Like, amazing, amazing performance by the Wolves. Up the mighty Wolves. Like, they play to the end. They get their results. Uh, very happy with the results. Sabaria and Lamina getting the goals in stoppage time. Like, props to them. Props to the Wolves for just playing till the last whistle. Like, what more can you ask for? Playing till the last whistle. They always tell you, play till the last whistle. You never know what's going to happen. Especially nowadays where the refs have emphasized to... Uh, keep the ball playing and they're going to add like a good amount of stoppage time. Like it's damn near Qatar 20, 2022 with the time that they're adding to the games at the end of the, at the end of regulation, like you could get like eight, you could get like 10 minutes at the end of the game. So just keep playing, man. The game's never over. And to be down against Tottenham since like the third minute and not put yourself down after two weekends in a row of the referees having to apologize shows a lot of character on this team shows a lot of heart shows that they trust their coach that they believe in the system and you know it's just it just shows good culture on the walls to be honest like i'm i'm very excited to see how this season ends just because the last two weeks have been kind of rough you know i'm not gonna lie like you get you play newcastle that was on fire at the time you probably should have been in newcastle but they get a iffy penalty and then you lose against sheffield one of the bottom teams in the league with another iffy penalty, like, that could destroy anybody's morale. And to beat Tottenham, like, that just shows how much the Wolves are believing in themselves right now and the type of team that this team is building right now. So I'm very excited. How high can they go up the table? Like, not going to lie, if it wasn't for... If, if, if we don't get those calls against us, if we beat Newcastle and we don't lose to Sheffield, we're right there, man. We're right there fighting for Europa. I think realistically a top 10 finish is a realistic goal and if we catch fire like if we if Neto comes back and he's he comes back all the way back again and he's the old Neto like I have no problem saying that the Wolves will be challenging for Europa. Hey Chelsea and Manchester City play an absolute classic 4 to 4 what a matchup it was amazing to watch just believable drama the whole game and to end it Cole Palmer Man City Youth Academy steps up to the penalty and nails the the game time goal like you can't write this up you can't write this up Chelsea who you know by all means have been spending a lot of money and they've been underperforming like terribly the last few weeks they beat Tottenham 4-1 they tied Man City 4-4 and surprisingly against the better teams they've been doing all right I think they tied against Arsenal and they tied against Liverpool and now they tied against Chelsea and they beat Tottenham so Chelsea like they might be turning the corner with Potocino a little bit. Like, they're playing a little better. They got to sure up that defense. But to go to beat Tottenham 4-1, even with any circumstances, like, yeah, they were down to nine players. But 
You still got to go and beat them. You still got to put the goals in the back of the net. And then to come back and invite Man City to Stanford Bridge and show this heart, show that you could keep up with them, it's impressive. It's impressive for Chelsea. And, you know, as one of the people that was clowning on them when they're not doing good and, like, telling, like highlighting how much money they spent, highlighting all the players that they brought, you know, clown, clowning on Mudrik because he can't score a goal and they spent hella money on him or, you know, all these players that they spent hella money on and they're not doing that well. They gotta give him props. Gotta give him props. Sterling looked amazing. Not gonna lie, this is probably the best game Sterling's had in a couple years. He looked like a menace down the line. Nicholas Jackson, he did get one of the weakest hat tricks in Premier League history on Monday against nine people, but he follows it up with a goal against Man City. Cole Palmer looks like a dog. 20 years old, he's stepping up to a penalty against his old team for the tie in stoppage time. Like that's that's impressive. That's impressive. So if Chelsea could just build on this, use this as momentum, use this as uh, inspiration to go into the the you know second second quarter or second third of the season, maybe finish strong into Box Day, going into the holidays, and then you come back in the new year and you really start making some noise. Like this is good for Chelsea. This is good, and for Man City, like one more can there can I say like yeah they got the four four tie. They would have won. They would have wanted to been able to see the game out and win 4-3 but they're top of the table they're top of the table and after all this noise after Tottenham doing good after Arsenal potentially being a title winner this year Man City after 12 games are a one-point lead on Liverpool and Arsenal for the Premier League top spot and if you were to ask me who's going to win the Premier League right now November 14th Tuesday November 14th I would Easily say Man City go and win it again, unfortunately. As, for, as someone that likes parody, as someone that's in the U.S. and, you know, the NBA and the NFL do a good job of promoting parody, it looks like the Premier League, in my opinion, is going to go back to Man City. They have depth, they have Pep, class coach, and, um, yeah, like I said, all these other teams leading. Man City didn't have the best start, but after 12 games, they're top of the table and I don't see anyone overthrowing them when it's, when it's all said and done. CJ Stroud gets done again, man. Again, two weeks in a row. First, five tutties. Five tutties, 470 yards against the Buccaneers. Like, man, looking like a 12-year vet, the way he's commanding the offense, leading them down the field, no timeouts, gets them in field goal and wins it last weekend, or gets the tutty against the Buccaneers and wins it. This year, this week, against the Bengals, against Joe Burrow, you know, consensus top three quarterback in the league. He drives him down the field for the game-winning field goal. And now the Texans, surprisingly, are the seventh seed of the season ends today. They would be the last playoff spot in the AFC. After winning a combined seven games in the last three years, the Texans, I, I believe that's that's the stat. Like, C.J. Stroud, dude might win MVP in his rookie year. That's how good he's playing. He's really him. He's really turned this franchise around. Like, you look around... And we'll have the Texans then, like, really. Yeah, Tankdale, cool wide receiver, cool wide receiver they got, Cesar Stroud, um, D'Amico Ryans. It looks like he's an awesome coach, you know? He played there. He played, uh, he coached for the Niners. Now he's there. And the defense playing pretty good. But, like, no, no one really stands out that crazy, man. No one really, no one really stands out that crazy. No one's, like, you can't point to another another facet of the team and be like this is this is what's carrying them this is like oh they have 
their defense is doing amazing. This is why they're doing good. Their defense plus CJ Stroud or like, nah, these wide receivers are just insane, bro. Or like these running backs, like nah. You can't really point to any other team, any other phase, any other group, any other part of that team to, you know, really explain their recent success and why they've been super competitive this year other than CJ Stroud, man. That that fool's a dog. CJ Stroud is a dog. And I'm I'm here. I'm I'm whole wholeheartedly here. I am wholeheartedly here for the CJ Stroud for MVP conversation. Like let's do it. Let's do it. When's the last time when's the last time a rookie won MVP? I think it's only been done once and it was like 40, 50 years ago. It was a minute ago. Like 2,600 yards, 15 touchdowns, two interceptions, 101 rating. Like, dude, <laughs> dude is a menace. Dude is a menace. He was on the, he was sharing the field with Burrow, a quarterback that's been to the Super Bowl and the AFC Championship game in the last two years. And he clearly looked like the better quarterback on the field. It's insane, man. It's insane how good CJ Stroud is. And I don't want to be a prisoner of the moment, but he is for surely having the best rookie year of all time. No offense to luck or Herbert, or Cam, like, nah, CJ Stroud, he's definitely having the best rookie year ever, and I hope he keeps it up, man, I'm a fan of the Texans, and I hope they sneak into the playoffs, and, like, no one's really taking the chokehold, no one's really taking control of the MVP race this year, like, it might be Tua, it might be Miles Garrett, it might be somebody else, but CJ Stroud, he ends up sneaking into the playoffs, or winning the AFC South, because the Jaguars just lost. We'll touch on that. Then I, bro, I'm here for that conversation. CJ Stroud for Rookie of the Year and MVP. Like, stop it. Stop it. Like I'm saying, he looked composed, man. He didn't have as spectacular game as he did against the Buccaneers. But he drove them down the field when it mattered. Got them in field goal range. Got the dub against the Bengals. The Bengals who were hot, too. A lot of people were, like, getting back on the Bengals hype. Me being one of them, I thought they were all the way back. And me, uh, a lot of people were pushing Burrow for MVP too. And like I said, CJ Stroud looked like the best quarterback on that field yesterday or on Sunday. So shout out to Stroud. Shout out to the Texans. They found their guy. Like, there's no doubt about it. They found their guy. And they're going to compete for the playoffs now, which is crazy. If I would have told you before the season that going into week 11, the bank, the Bengals would not be in the playoffs and the Texans would, would be the seventh seed after just beating the Bengals, you would call me nuts. You would have been like, you're insane, dude. You're insane. But that's where we're at. And to wrap it up, let's talk about the 49ers. The 49ers are all the way back. They beat the Bengals 34-3, to another shellacking of a very competitive team. Not only did they just beat the Jaguars, but they destroyed them. It kind of reminds me of the Cowboys game where it's, it was kind of hyped up matchup, two teams with a great record going into this matchup. They were both, what, six? The five and three 49ers going up against the six and two Jaguars in Duval, in Jacksonville, and the 49ers go in there and destroy them, man, like just punk them from start to finish. Never looked, never looked like a match, and it's impressive, dude. Can anyone beat the 49ers when they're healthy? Probably not. They're, there's too many weapons. Too many things you got to consider with, you know, Debo and McCaffrey and if Purdy's slinging it, like, it's tough, man. It's tough. So, like, yeah, there's still some questions on Purdy and what he could do if the 49ers are down or if, you know, they need to rely on him in the fourth quarter to win a game. 
but if they if they're at full strength, if they got the squad, if they got the Avengers, you know, then it like you might never see the Four Niners trailing in the fourth quarter. That's like that's the point that like you gotta you gotta kind of highlight like if the Four Niners are full strength. You might never see Purdy in that situation till someone gets hurt or something like. And I know injuries happen all the time, and it might be inevitable inevitable that you know McCaffrey or someone gets dinged up here and there. But there's there's a little, there's also a chance that they just stay healthy the rest of the way. And if they do, like a healthy 49ers team with Purdy playing good, having a good pocket, confident, it, it it's bad. It's bad. Like I know NFC teams when they saw this three game skid that the 49ers were on, they're probably getting excited. They're like, oh come on, dude, like lose another one. We want more term- turmoil over there in the Bay Area. We want we want the media to really get on them. We want them to cause some QB controversy. Like if you're if you're flirting with the idea of starting Sam Darnold, no offense to Sam Darnold, you're not going nowhere. You know. Uh, so I'm pretty sure the NFC teams and the NFL teams were probably rooting for the Jaguars. Like, dude, Jaguars are a good team. Let's root for them. Forty um, Nineers are gonna lose four in a row. Even with the bye week, they're not gonna get it together. There's gonna be turmoil. The crowd's gonna turn on Purdy. Like it's gonna be tough for them to keep starting him, Mister Irrelevant. If he has another bad game, like they're really gonna flirt with the idea of starting Sam Darnold. I know the rest of the NFL was hoping for that, but nope. Forty Nine ers straighten it out. They're healthy now. Um, they added pieces to their defense, and Purdy looks like he's confident, stepping into throws, some dimes to Kittle on the right side. Like that was a beautiful throw. Like he he made some impressive throws yesterday. The Jaguars, on the other hand. Looked very, 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 very flat. Um, Trevor Lawrence, a discussion for another day, but man, he has not lived up to the hype of of you know the best prospect since Andrew Luck. You know, a can't miss prospect. Gonna like, yes, the most impressive thing he did was that comeback against the Chargers in the playoffs last year, but like, and the second half of last season. But this year, he has just not looked good. Turns the ball over too much. Not really getting explosive plays from from the offense. Not really going up and down the field. And as a fantasy owner of Calvin Ridley, I will say that offense makes me pull my hair out. It makes me stress. It makes me, you know, not well, unwell. It makes me unwell. So for the sake of my fantasy football team and for the sake of the Jaguars, Trevor Lawrence, you got to step it up the second half of the season. Like, you can't have more. I think he has... Um. 10 touchdowns, 9 interceptions, 2 lost fumbles, or something like that. He has more turnovers than touchdowns this year. Just can't happen. Can't happen. Especially when everyone says you're the next coming of Jesus. Like you like this is this is the man. Like just look at his hair, look at look at the way he walks, look at the way he carries himself, look at the way he throws a ball, look at the spiral on the football, look at his his mold. He's like 6'5", six, 6'6", six, six, slender, he could run, he has cannon arm, he's smart. He's 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 all the way right in between the head like the way people were hyping him up before the uh, NFL. And, yeah, amazing playoff performance against the Chargers last year. But we were hoping for him to build on that and have just a true breakout year this year in the regular season. And he's just not doing it. So, I, I get it. It's the 49ers at full strength. Tough matchup. Not not a lot of teams have been able to do that in the last few years at full strength. But I expected more from, from Lawrence. Anyways, that should do it for this episode of the Hearts to Handle Sports Podcast. If you made it to the end, as always, I appreciate you so much. I hope you have a great rest of your day. 
And this weekend coming up, the Las Vegas F1 Grand Prix is, is, is here. I don't really cover F1 like that, but everyone keep an eye on it because it's either going to be amazing or it's going to be a shit show. But that should do it for this episode. Peace. No sudden moves on my goons are stretching, and I'm taxing for the feet on my damn collections.